it'll kind of do that um, intro, like how it almost sounds like we're going into the bridge, but then it goes back into that verse. So you want to start that chorus again? Yeah. We worship you, hallelujah, 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 we worship you. again.
so once we flip, um, Kylie is going to point to the guys. Everybody else quit singing, okay? And the guys are going to be singing their part. Yeah. Okay, and so when she tells the guys to quit and she points to the altos, altos, by yourself, okay? Strong. Mm-hmm. We can sing with, we'll, we'll sing that. Uh, y'all sing lead, altos will sing lead, and we sing. this unison okay we'll go into this unison and then she'll tell us to flip and that's when everybody else you'll just do lead y'all are doing that part and we'll go up and then that's when she'll point to the guys altos and sopranos so let's try that let's uh yeah so we do have that short little intermission it's a praise break we have several praise breaks in here so y'all can get y'all's praise in okay y'all are welcome you get your praise in. So we have that little praise break that says, yes, you are, yes, you are, yes, you are. Kind of like Jeshua. We know him. Um, and then, so good, so good, yeah. <laughs> Y'all know Jeshua. Okay. So, um, <laughs> okay. So let's do that from the course going into that bridge, okay? Worship you, hallelujah, 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 we worship you for who you are, we worship you, we worship you. Good all the time. 
Okay, guys, y'all have got to like push it out your belly or something because I need y'all to come in and just like you are good all the time. Okay, that's what we need. Y'all go ahead and just y'all step up. Y'all act like this is the real thing. Okay, y'all and y'all have fun with it too. This is a fun one. Okay, y'all kill it. Y'all act like the mass choir at Summit. You are good. I want to be a tenor. All the time. Yeah, for real. Bro, y'all just, y'all yell it out, okay? Because I want it to just be, like, powerful. Okay. Okay. Let's start. Um, listen, we I thought we had it under control. It's We have the gap. Y'all have the praise break, okay? I thought we went over this. So we sing Jeshua. We sing about Jeshua, okay? Y'all don't sing. Y'all don't go right into you are good. Okay, we have that break. Somebody did. One of the tenors. Um, okay, so let's go from let's go from that chorus. We'll just try you it from the chorus again. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So good. So good. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's go from that chorus. Okay. We worship you. Hallelujah. 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 We worship you for who you are. We worship you. We worship you.
after we do all that flip, and it'll be a praise break again, okay? Okay. Um, until you do one, and then we go into, uh, Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth. Okay, because that gives y'all a little time to come from that flipped part back into that. So let's try that, the flipped part, a couple times going back in to the interlude, and then going back into the verse one. Okay, so. Uh. You are, you are good. one more time the very last course doing the ending yeah we okay so let's do that ending we, yeah. we worship you hallelujah hallelujah we
that first verse and that first chord. Okay, so this girl, she told me it kind of yeah. rhymes. Mine was all right. Like it rhymes. It rhymes. Light, be all right. Everything can change. 
Let's try going back to back, but uh, double time. Let's try that. So. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is 
I'll sing it with you. You tell me. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Straight up, straight. Does that sound good? We really don't. Okay, so let's go over Fill Me Up going into No Heaven Locked Up. Is that sarcastic? Okay. Okay, so I'll sing this first verse. And then I'll sing the first chorus by myself. And then the second time we do the verse, y'all come in and it'll be unison. Okay. You provide. Actually, uh, I want y'all to all come in together through this whole song. Okay. So the first verse is going to be unison. I don't know what's going on with that mic. Um, so everybody will come in. You provide the fire. Real strong and it's real low. Okay. Okay, so we'll go over this intro. You provide. Okay, have y'all missed it? So, you got it, Jules. I saw y'all girls down there. Girls got it. Guys, I don't know what y'all got. I'll let you know when you come in. You provide the fire. So for guys, it may be a little high. As y'all maybe see. Okay, so let's go over that again. You provide the fire.
up, let it open. Let your kingdom Don't keep your sin still, let it move. All our faith our let faith go. God, trust our hope. Our great God. God, our great God. Let your kingdom up, let it open. Let your kingdom
Change your mind Cause there's only love in all of God No room for shame in his open arms There's beauty from ashes So come as you are There's only love in the heart of God Thank you.
Hello and welcome everyone to the United Pentecostal Church of Paris. It is Youth Sunday. If you're excited to be here on a Sunday night for Youth Sunday, go ahead and stand up. And let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise just one more time. We serve a good God, don't we? We serve an awesome God. And I'm so grateful to be able to come and entertain His presence and entertain His Spirit. So if you would, just feel the liberty and feel the freedom that we have and that we are given on a daily basis tonight in this place. In Jesus' name, worship with us.
sticks to your mind, pray for them specifically. So we got the Pineson family, Debbie Bryan, Ralph Dove, Lucille McPartridge, Emma Chapman, Carla Clark, uh, Missy Miller family, the, K- the Faye Crow, um, Brother Nathan's uncle. We could also play, pray for Brooklyn Poole, uh, Chaplain Steve Gibb Majors, uh, as well as Alan Hudson, the Walt family, T.W. Hosh, Monica Helm, uh, George Pratt's brother and sister Proctor, uh, Sister Linda, Dennis Shannon, Billy Bolton, Louis Weems, Billy and Vicki Trinata, Bob Bolton, and brother and sister Bristow, and also if we could pray for Dustin Cope. And one thing that I think is so cool and kind of sad is that this summer is ending. Like for most of us here, this is like our last service before we start school. And I can confidently say that for these two rows and for all the people behind me, this has been such a summer of change. And I am so thankful that I've got to spend my entire summer with all of these people. 
because we've got to go to so many events and we, and I can say for the entire U-turn that we have each grown so strong in God. We've each grown so spiritually and we have been led by such wonderful leaders to do so. And I'm so thankful for that alone. And for one of the events that we got to go to, um, I got to listen to, his name is Brother Dylan Morgan. And he spoke and he was talking about that we have this power. And like our power is like from the Holy Ghost, which is so cool, just that alone. But he was like, we have that power, but a lot of us like haven't activated it yet. And to activate it yet, you have to take action. And prayer is a part of that power. Prayer is a part of the power you have to activate. And that's just words. That's all you have to say. And I think it's so cool because I know that like we've all changed and grown. And that changes like for a reason. And so we're going to go into school and now we get to change other people's lives because we've changed. And I'm so thankful and I'm so, I'm so blessed to know that all the people just in U-turn, they are the light in their school. And so I'm asking you to specifically pray for everyone that is about to go back to school because everyone here is such a light and they genuinely change people's lives. And so I pray that you watch over them because being a light isn't easy. <laughs> it's not easy. And so I pray that you give them the strength for everything that they need and everything that they will go through. And I know that we have the leaders and the church family to get through it. And for this one specific thing, I can't speak for the whole youth group, but I can for me. And that's just outreach for this school year. And that's like our purpose. We want, we want other people to have this, to know this. And so tonight I'm praying for Dylan. I'm praying for Rory. And I'm praying for Anne and I'm praying for Jill. And you may not know those people, but those are my people. And we each have our own people that we get to pray for. So tonight, we're going to pray for our people and for our people going back to school. So Lord, I thank you so much for every change, for every action that you've brought this summer, for every person that you've had the opportunity, for every sermon that we've had the opportunity to listen to. And I pray that we change each other's worlds just as much as you've changed ours. you walked in sick, you're gonna walk out healed. If you walked in bound, you're gonna walk out free. It's just the mention of his name, just the mention of his name, just the mention of his name. Everything can change, everything can change. If you walked in heavy, you're gonna walk out light. If you walked in weary, you're gonna be alright. Just a mention of his name. Just a mention of his name. Just a mention of his name. Everything can change. Everything can change.
Something that came to mind while we were singing was um, my coaches on a football field. I'm a big sports guy, of course. But um, my coaches would always say, you only get so many games, and then you're out of high school and you wish you had it back. You only get so many chances in life, 
to leave everything out there. You pour yourself into these to get stuff and then leave all of that out on the streets and then those people. Leave every bit of that because you don't want to leave this world wishing that you would have changed one more person's life. You want to know that you've done every single thing that you could have. If the ushers would us with great music. I thank you for our leaders and workers in the church. I ask that you would help Brother Stephen speak the words that you have given him. Help us to open our hearts and our minds to digest this sermon that you have prepared for us. All glory goes to you. In Jesus' name. Provide the sacrifice. Provide the spirit. 
gonna stay here. We'll be fine. Hey, but right, right now I just I, I gotta I gotta say some things. I gotta say some things. This is not me. This is Lord. This is Lord. <laughs> oh man, you see. Whenever COVID happens, and I'm not referencing COVID, but I'm just using it as a point of example. Whenever COVID happened, the point of this attack from the enemy was to get us to stay cramped up, was to get us to stay still, was to get us to keep our temples, our heavenly temples, to not move and not be able to gather together. And so now we back, we're back. So, so what's the hang up? What's the hang up with us? Not with y'all, but why, why, why are we not doing this as an entire society and as an entire congregation? Why are we not moving our kingdoms? The enemy is strong. The enemy is strong. He's got some good tricks. But my goodness, we wouldn't have even woken up this morning had we not had enough strength to overcome the day. And so this song is casting some conviction on me, which, God, thank you. It makes me sometimes uncomfortable. (laughs) But let's move our kingdoms. Like Sister Stevie said, activating our faith only means so much if we're not moving and if we're not trying to actually take action in our lives. And so we're going to sing this bridge again. Like I said, if we have our trust, our faith, and our hope in Jesus, that's everything. We don't don't have anything else to give. And so just like the altar that Pastor was talking about this morning, we put our faith, our trust, and our hope in God. We put it all on the altar. We've given our sacrifice. God, you provide the fire. I'll provide the sacrifice. God, you pour out your spirit. I'm going to open up inside. And let me tell you, he's going to do his part as long as we do ours. So let's get back into this, this bridge. And you, you do your liberty. I'm not telling you to come to the front. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm just saying take your liberty that you have because of Jesus and activate that faith and make action for Jesus. In Jesus' name. Let it open No kingdom stand still Let it move Our faith, our trust, our hope Our great God Our great God No heaven locked up Let it open No kingdom stand still Let it move Our faith, our trust, our hope Our great God Our great God No heaven locked up Let it open
faith, our trust, our hope in our great God, our great God. No heaven locked up, let it open. No kingdom stand still, let it move. Our faith, our trust, our hope.
was moving. I just started praying over our church that we would feel empowered to go out and that we would strengthen the churches in Paris and in Texas. And I started crying out for our nation, which is something I don't do much. But it all starts here. It reminds me of a story in the Bible, feeding the 4,000. My favorite Bible story. But one thing that sticks out is whenever they hand them the baskets, they take the bread and they get what they need, and then they hand it to the people behind them. And it keeps going on and on until everyone has something and they are full. We have to take that. We have to take what we've gotten today, and we've got to hand it to those people out there reaching that are hungry for it. Because without that, there's people starving around the world, looking for something, reaching out for something, but don't know what it is. So we have to reach out and we have to hand them the things. Because with that, we can change this nation. We can change something here. So reach out. Take what you've gotten today and reach out and give it to those in need. our hands right now to heaven if you haven't gotten already what you've been looking for it's here if you haven't received your word your confirmation it's here and it's moving so father don't let me leave here without a word don't let me leave here without a blessing Don't let me leave here, God, without what you were wanting to instill and impart in me. But, God, let me be sensitive. Let me be obedient. Let me be a light. Let me absorb everything, God, that you are pouring out so I can give it to others. Because the world needs you. Our schools need you. Our jobs need you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Could everybody begin to give God a hand clap of praise like he has performed the miracle that you have been praying for?
want you to find a place close. You don't have to go all the way to your seat. I wrestled with whether or not to even speak or preach, but I feel like God has given a word that if it's nobody but just me needs to hear. Sister Tammy, you were right. She told me this morning that God was going to do something powerful tonight, that she felt it. And he hasn't been a liar yet. If you are in here tonight, and if you were under the sound of my voice, that means that there are two people, two deities, two things that believe in you. God believes in you and Satan believes in you. I know that Satan believes in you and that Satan believes in me because I I faced a lot of hell before I came in here. That if you faced hell this week before you walked into this service or if you have faced hell, that is confirmation that the devil believes in you. Confirmation that he believes that if you tap into what God is wanting to do and into your potential that you are going to wreak havoc on the kingdom of hell. That's why we have burn bans. That's why we see there's not a burn ban on a place that won't catch fire. And sometimes we feel like we're in a dry place and we feel like we're so far from God and we get these regulations on our life and we get all these bondage and all this thing that we're facing. This burn ban is on our life and we think we're so far from God. But all you are is one spark away. One spark away from revival. One spark away from getting back to where you're needing to be. And the enemy knows it. So if you face hell this week, good. If you face the enemy this week, good. Because you are one spark. You are one prayer. You are one thought away from getting to where you're wanting to go. And if the enemy believes in you, I know our God believes in you. Before you were even born, before you messed up, before you walked in this place tonight, he believed in you. He believed in me and he believes in you more than you believe in yourself. And so knowing that these two believe in us today, we're going to prove them right. We're going to move into what God is wanting us to do and we're going to move into what hell was scared you're going to move into. And I'm excited for and we've already experienced the spirit tonight. And God has a word. And so we're going to read a first a quick scripture. It's in Judges 16 and 17. It says, And he told her all his heart. This is talking about Samson. And he said to her, A razor has never come upon my head. For I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me. And I shall become weak and be like any other man. We could pray one more time. Father, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for what we felt. But God, I pray that we don't stop there. But God, we move into complete, mm, to exactly what you're wanting us to do, God. Let us move, God, into your presence and let you move on us and minister to us, God. Let us be good soil for your word to speak into our lives tonight. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Mm. So growing up, I may have spoken on Samson, I know at least one other time, but it is my favorite story. It is my favorite 
character in the Bible. And because maybe, and maybe some guys can relate, maybe some ladies can relate too, but there's something about being strong. Whenever I was a little kid, I was always obsessed with being strong. I wore the little sleeveless t-shirts because my mom called them muscle shirts. And I was like, yes, I'm strong. And I was obsessed with it. And I thought I was always saw in movies and things like that, the strong people always wore the little wristbands. And I thought that must be what it is. It's the wristbands that make you strong. And so I always wanted to have, like, I got scrunchies on my wrists whenever I was a little kid because I, I thought this is what makes me strong. I want to be strong. I was obsessed with being strong. Maybe some guys can relate. But as I grew up, I began to learn that strength doesn't come without a cost. That oftentimes before we can experience and witness strength, strength asks something of us. That oftentimes strength that comes at a cost of trading in normalcy, trading in the status quo, exchanging what is common and what is average in order to obtain that strength. That when you're working out, you don't reach new personal best by lifting the same old weights, but you have to push forward and get uncomfortable and lift new weights to receive new strength. Strength requires sacrifice. And nobody knew this better than Samson in the book of Judges. Because Samson, before he was even born, was chosen and was anointed to be the one to begin delivering Israel, God's people, from the Philistines. Samson, before he was born, was given a strength. The strength required to do and to fulfill the will of the Lord for his life. Strength to deliver the people of Israel from the hands of oppression. Yes, the strength was given to Samson, but the strength was not for Samson. The strength was given to him, but it was for the people of Israel. Do not dare think tonight that your strength you have here tonight is for you. But it is for somebody else. It's for that that is next to you. It's for your job. It's for your work. It's for your school. Your strength is not for you. Don't you dare think your anointing is only for you. Don't you think that your calling is only for you. Yes, he chose you. Yes, he anointed you. Yes, he called you. But there are people out there depending on you to fulfill that calling to live out that anointing because that's why we can't afford to let what we experience in here stay in here. But we take it, we absorb it, and then we go out into the world because, yes, we were given the strength, but other people are determined and depending on our strength. There's families at home that are depending on you to be who God has called you to be. There are classmates and there are coworkers that are depending on your strength so they can go on another day. Your strength isn't just for you. You aren't just a church member. You aren't just, but you are a minister. You are a missionary. You are a light. And so Samson, he grows up as a Nazarite, following the Nazarite vow. In Judges 13, 4 through 5, it says, and it explains kind of what a Nazarite vow, what it entails. It says, therefore, be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. And behold... You shall conceive and bear a son. This is talking to Samson's mother. No razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. Meaning that he couldn't drink wine. He couldn't touch unclean things. He couldn't cut his hair. He had to do things that a lot of people around him were able to do. He he wasn't able to do the things that a lot of people were doing. And in order to have the strength that no man had, he had to live a life no man around him did. Samson was set aside for God's purpose. In Leviticus 10 and 10, 
It says, you are to distinguish between the holy and the common. And between the clean and the unclean. When Leviticus was written, there were customs and there were rituals that were practiced. There were things that were considered ceremonially clean and unclean. And those things that were ceremonially clean, the things that were set aside, that they were consecrated, they were anointed, were set aside and not used like every other tool. Now, the ministers weren't, were used like every other person, but they were set aside for the work of the kingdom. That the tools weren't used the same way, but they were used specifically for the kingdom of God. Not to be used like a common tool. Not to be used like a common man, but set aside for the Lord of the work. And 1 Peter 1 16 says, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. God has tonight called each and every single one of us to be holy. But we cannot be holy while being common. We cannot be holy while being ordinary. We cannot be holy while being like everyone else around us. But we need to make up in our mind that we're not settling for common anymore. We're not settling for average anymore. We're not settling for ordinary anymore. But I'm reaching out tonight for more. I need more. My family needs more. My school needs more. My job needs more. Your school does not need another common student. Your job does not need another average worker. They need a light. They need a word. They need what you have in this place tonight. They need to know that there's more to this life than just what they have seen so far. And the only way that they can do this that they can see this as if you make up in your mind that I'm not going to be a common man. I'm not going to be a common woman. But I'm going to set myself aside for the kingdom of God. Yeah, my people around me are doing this, but I'm not going to because I've been set aside. I'm not living like the world. I've been set aside. I'm not doing what my friends do. I've been set aside. I've got a job for the kingdom, and I'm not compromising. I'm not doing any of those things because I've been chosen. I will consecrate myself to the Lord. I will do what God is calling me to do and what he is calling me to be because our world needs it. And so as we go through the story of Samson, there's many victories that he experiences. Numerous times he defeats the Philistine people that he overcomes, that he does these great feats. But finally, they find a woman named Delilah. And they tell her, go to Samson and find out what his secret is. Because they knew. They said, like, let's seduce him to find the secret and the source of his strength. Because they knew they weren't able to beat him head on. That they had faced him head on before and they've lost time and time again. But they thought maybe if we could get him and trick him and seduce him into just giving up the source of his strength. We can't take it from him. But maybe we could get him to lay it down. And so they send Delilah to trick Samson into giving up his strength because the enemy knows that he cannot defeat you when you are filled with the Spirit. When God is living inside of you, 1 John 4 and 4 says, you are from God, children, and we have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Because when you are filled with the Spirit, when you are operating in the Spirit, what the enemy and what the world throws at you cannot defeat you cannot overcome you but you are walking in victory because the Lord has said so and the enemy knows that the devil knows that he knows that when you've been filled with that spirit nothing can come against you and defeat you Isaiah 54 17 says no weapon formed against me shall prosper 
And the enemy knows this. So although he cannot defeat you directly, he can convince you to give up your power. And he can present something to you that seduces you into laying down the power of God, into stepping away from your prayer life, into stopping reading the word, into stopping going to church, into cutting standards from your life that you once held strong. And if we're not careful, we can slowly become seduced by the enemy and lay down the things that used to give us our strength in exchange for a false substitution. And so Delilah comes to Samson multiple times and says, give me, what's your secret? What, what is it? And he, and he lies a couple, a couple times and he says, if you, if you tie me with seven bowstrings, then, then I'll be weak and I'll be like every other man. And they try and it doesn't work and they, they try several other things. And finally, Delilah, it says... That when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. And he told her all his heart and said to her, a razor has never come upon my head. For I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. And if my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me. And I shall become weak and be like any other man. And that's the name and the title of our message tonight, Weak like any other man, because Samson viewed conformity as weakness. He wasn't saying that if his hair was cut, he would become weaker than everybody else. His fear wasn't that he'd become weaker than the person next to him. His fear is that he'd become like the person next to him. He knew that he did not want to be like everyone else. Samson understood that his power was in his separation, that what separated him from the world was the very thing that connected him to God. That his source of power and of strength came in his separation and what made him different than everyone else. Samson's Nazarite vow required him to do things that the people around him did not do, which gave him the power to do what they could not do. Yes, a holiness lifestyle, it looks different. Yes, a holiness lifestyle doesn't look like everybody else. Good. My strength is in my separation, church. My strength is in my lifestyle. My strength is in my consecration. What separates me from the world is what connects me to God. What connects me to my strength. What connects me to my victory is what separates me from the world. But Samson gives it up. Samson compromises and he gives up his consecration. He reveals to Delilah where his power comes from. And the Philistines attack him. And scripture says, and she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. I feel like that wasn't necessary. I feel like he probably was aware. But he woke up from his sleep and said, I'll go out as every other time and shake myself free. Because he was used to victory with the power of the Lord. We can get used to what it feels like to be full of power, full of the spirit and full of that victory. But it says right here, but he did not know that the Lord had left him. That he walked into it thinking, I can over, I've done this hundred times. I've done this a thousand times. I've beaten this every time. I've beat victory every time. But he did not realize that when he had severed himself from his separation, he had lost the power of God. And now it became a surefire victory. He now found himself in bondage. When we allow ourselves to fall away from God, we begin to lose battles we typically win. When we fall back into sins that we used to overcome, when we lose progress that we've developed over the years because the power of God is no longer operating inside of us. And Judges 16, 20 through 21 says, And the Philistines seized him 
and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to the Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles and he ground at the mill in the prison. And as I read that, I was wondering, plucked out the eyes. Like, why? Like that's, I mean, you've got him. He's beaten down. He's bound. He's lost. He's weak. Why go through the effort, the extra work to gouge out the eyes? You've already gotten him. But then I realized what God showed me is because a prisoner without a vision is less likely to put up a fight. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. That's why the enemy comes for your vision, not physically, spiritually. Tries to destroy your hope, your faith in tomorrow, your faith that your prayer that you've been answering, that you've been praying that it hasn't been answered yet, losing faith in that. And when he can eliminate your vision, that is when you begin to die. And that's where Samson is. They stole his vision. He's at rock bottom. He has lost his strength. He lost his position. He lost his respect among the people. Any common man would have given up. Any other man would have given up. And you may feel like you can relate to Samson here tonight. That you feel like maybe you have lost everything or that you feel like you are weak, that your vision has been taken from you and you no longer see the point in trying. That you can no longer see the point to pray anymore. That you're blind, you are weak, and you are just going in circles in the prison. But somewhere along the way, Samson remembers what God had promised him. He remembers the strength that God can impart on him. And Samson, in Judges 16.26 says, And Samson said to the young men who held him by the hand, Let me fill the pillars on which the house rests, that I may lean against them. And musicians, you may come. Samson said, I'm at rock bottom right now. I'm humiliated right now. I'm ashamed right now. The people I used to have fearing me are now making fun of me and mocking me in front of them. I'm hurting. I can't see a way out. He said, but let me just feel. I can't see anything, but let me just, let me just feel. Let me feel the pillars where the house rests. And let me tell you tonight, Jesus is the pillar in which your house rests. Because when Samson sought the pillars and began to lean on them, he was no longer leaning on his own strength. He was no longer leaning on his own understanding, on his own sight. But he was getting back to the place where he got his strength before. He was finding his altar this These pillars were Samson's altar call. And without eyes, Samson began to see God clearly again. Because Psalms 34 and 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. If you feel like tonight there is nothing else that you can do, if you're weary, if you have lost your vision, if you're tired, if you are hurting, reach out. Reach for the pillars. Reach for God. Reach out tonight because he is going to answer. Everybody stand up. In Judges 16, 28, says, Then Samson called to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord God, please remember me. Please strengthen me only this once. Oh, God, that I may be avenged 
on the Philistines for my two eyes. Remember me one more time, God. Touch me one more time. Give me strength one more time. Yes, I failed. Yes, I slipped up. Yes, I'm hurting. Yes, I'm at rock bottom. But God, remember me. Touch me one more time is all I need. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed with all his strength. And he pushed. And the house fell upon the Lord and upon all the people that were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than whom he had killed during his entire life. Samson's greatest victory was in his rock bottom. Because the rock bottom, maybe you're there tonight. Maybe you feel like you couldn't get any lower. Good. Because rock bottom is the worst place to stay. But it's the best place to get up. It's the best place to set your feet and say, God, I feel so far away from you. God, I feel like I can't touch you anymore. I feel like I can't hear you anymore. God, I feel like I'm so far away. But God, remember me. Touch me one more time. Give me strength one more time. And he's going to reach out to you. These altars are open right now for any person that needs just one more time. That God, I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know what this school year brings. I don't know what my job brings. But God, I know what you can do. I know that my greatest victory, God, is in you. And I can't afford to be like everybody else this school year. My school can't afford for me to be like everybody else this year. My friends, my family, they can't. But God, I want to be set aside. I want to be consecrated to you. And I don't care how far away from God you feel here tonight. God remembers you. God loves you. And the scripture says that whenever they shaved Samson's head, the immediate next scripture is, and his hair began to grow back. As soon as the mistake happened, as soon as the sin took place, as soon as the compromise happened, redemption began. I don't know what's happened in your life. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what you've done. But as soon as it happened, redemption began. And God has been reaching out to you saying, if you just call out to me, if you just reach your hand out to me, I'm here to give you the strength you need. I'm here to give you what you've been looking for. I'm here to give you deliverance, to answer your prayer, to bring you out of depression, to bring you out of anxiety, to bring you out of addiction, to march you into victory. I am here for you. I remember you. So God, with every hand lifted, calling out to God, the one who can give you the strength, the pillar that the house rests on.
job is going to see the results of the decision that you made. Whether that decision was to be like any other man, to be like any other woman, or to set yourself aside, to do what is necessary, to do what needs to be done, to change the spiritual atmosphere of your world. We could raise every single hand and begin to glorify God for what he's done in this place tonight. Father, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your transformation power, God. I thank you for what you have done in us as a church and in us as individuals. But God, I pray that we don't just leave it in here, but that we take it out into the world, that we reach the lost, that we strengthen those that are weary and that are tired. And let there be a revival in Paris, Texas. Let there be a revival in Lamar County. Let there be a revival in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
over me. 